glad you joined us for New Hope's Sermon of the Week. For more resources, be sure to contact newhopecom.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Uh, so Ben was talking this morning a little bit about January. January is a month of prayer and fasting here, so we have been going at it. Man, if you, how many were here for pre-service prayer at 9? We had like a great group. Um, the worship team, we all come in there at 9.40. They meet at 9. By the time we get in there, that place is warm, man. It feels hot, full of activity and prayer. Uh, it is so good. So prayer works, man. It prepares the atmosphere for us coming in. So I so appreciate anyone who shows up for that. It is, it is awesome. Um, again, just to reiterate, the Wednesday Night Life, too, starting on the 24th. That is going to be awesome. Uh, the dinner is from 6 to 7. Uh, the cafe will be open most of the night. So you, if you don't come for dinner, you can come just for coffee and connection, talk with people. Imagine that. We all get to midweek see each other. It's great. Uh, there's kids' activities. There's youth. Youth will be meeting that night. Uh, and then the fire starters chorus that you heard, Bob. Wasn't Bob on fire this morning? Man, yeah, holy cow. Got to get you used to the lights up here, Bob, though. You know, it's like, can't handle the heat. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so last week we talked about a little bit, the God had given me a word for us for the year. Um, we, I've just been hearing this theme going over and over called moving closer. God encouraging us to move in closer to the purposes that he has for us corporately and personally. You know, all of us, like whatever God is calling you to, move in closer. In times of worship, move in closer. You know, with relationships and key people around you, move in closer. Open your heart up this way in a new way. Just move in closer. You know, if it's up to us, I want to move in closer. Um, so we talked about that a little bit. Um, and we're going to do something, we're going to do a comparison today of two different stories. But uh, we believe here that life is about growing, it's about living a life of pursuit of Jesus Christ and enjoying him along the way. How about that? You, know? you can enjoy Jesus and pursue more at the same time. I can be in a place of complete fullness and enjoyment and feeling like connected to Jesus and at the same time, I want more. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that doesn't stop. Our growth in Jesus does not stop. Uh, I think we believe too here in a life of living from a standpoint of leaning forward. Everyone know what I mean by that, leaning forward? I err on that side in life. I want a posture in life that leans forward. When you're leaning forward, there's momentum, things are happening. Rather than just standing on your feet or standing back and watching, I believe positioning yourself in life from a point of leaning forward. Good. When you're leaning forward, like the domino, man, that one little domino sets off that whole chain. Like Bob was talking about this morning, that one match. I actually thought you were going to light your Kleenex on fire. I saw you take your Kleenex out, take out the matches. I was like, this is going to be so interesting. might be the first service we ever get the fire department here. <laughs> what? Oh, got it. You were thinking, totally thinking ahead. That's so good. Um, yeah, I thought this, this could have been one of the most interesting live demonstrations ever on a Sunday morning. Um, and that would have been great fun. Um, so, but I think, you know, in order to fight against the status quo, 
There's something about life that wants to pull us back to the status quo. It want, you want to calcify. There's something about life that if you're not moving forward, you become rigid. You know, when you haven't started your car in a while and you're like, oh man, that's barely turning over. This hasn't been running, you know. Right. Things start to lock in. So I think in life, we constantly need to be in a position of moving forward, of looking for growth, examining what we're thinking, what are goals in life, all good stuff, in order to protect against setting in and getting too comfortable and not growing. Um, so that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, no, but not just for me. Um, so I wanna, we want to continually grow and advance, move things forward for the kingdom of God. So... Um, we were talking about it with some friends this weekend, you know, stewarding our own personal revival. I love that. Bill Johnson always talks about that. We are responsible for stewarding our own personal revival that happens in our life. You know, it's not just the job of the church or the job of your spouse to drag you along to do things uh, or your friends. It's, it's our responsibility. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. I get to steward what is happening in my heart, what I'm thinking about, what I'm dwelling on. Like Ben said today, you know, you might want to shift something this year and say, yeah, I've been watching way too much TV. TV is not bad in and of itself, but it can be a huge waste of time. Um, I heard someone, we were talking this week, uh, there's a real famous speaker who talks about if you just listen to talk radio all week, it's like bubblegum for the mind. It really is a waste, I, and I hate to say it. I listen to Wham! on the way in. I, listen, I want to hear weather. I love news. But if you're feasting on that all week long, you are really wasting it. And you're filling your mind with just everybody else's opinions, and it's just a big waste. So, um, you know, so I hope that didn't offend anybody. I'm not against radio. I'm not against TV. We have shows we love watching. We like binge-watching our favorite shows, just like everybody else. But if there's something that's holding you back, and you've settled in, and you've gotten comfortable, you need to examine the things and where you're spending your time, and so we move forward. We don't get stuck. Um, so this week, on that, I want to highlight and compare two stories this morning, okay, that highlight the power of expectancy. So we're going to look at two stories. I called it today, Moving Closer, A Tale of Two Stories. And these are right out of the Bible, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 5, or pull up your phone. John 5, we're going to look at uh, verse 2 through 7. We're going to, the first story here, John 5, 2 through 7. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So he couldn't get in, right? He was saying, every time I try to get in the water, someone steps in there in front of me. So a few things stand out for me here. First of all, in that story, Jesus' compassion is always incredible. The compassion that he felt. And like something in him, he knew this person's been sick a long time. I can tell, I can see it on the individual. 
And he suffered for 38 years. Like, I think that's a, a sad thing, and it's incredible. The writer pointed that out, must have been for a reason, because he felt like that's a long time to be suffering for 38 years. Uh, but we can see that, and we can see in the response that he had to Jesus, when Jesus said to him, do you want to be well? He didn't say yes. He said, well, let me tell you why it doesn't happen and why I can't be healed. Here are the reasons. You know, we can see here like disappointment had set in in his life, right? Disappointment crept in over the years. Um, he had the healer standing right there. I'm sure he must have known the healings that had been happening. Everybody in Jerusalem knew about Jesus taking the city by fire. Who is this new God that is, you know, healing all these people, this new man? Uh, and the healer's right there, and he's asking him, do you want to be healed? And he doesn't say yes. He shares the reasons why it doesn't happen. I wonder, when I read the story, how long he would have sat there had he not let disappointment creep in. I wonder. And I, I, I just wonder, it's my own thing, I can't read too much into the story there, um, but, and I don't believe the person kept himself in sickness or did anything to incur the sickness, I'm not saying that. I am saying that I wonder what would have happened had disappointment not crept in, had he not listened to you know, the things that maybe had kept him from getting healing. If I were him, I would have like struck a deal with someone a long time ago. I will give you 50 bucks, get me in that pool when that water starts stirring that water. I don't know, I don't know if they did deals back at the pool of Bethesda, but I don't know, I would have come up with some scenario to get me into the water, you know, but I don't know, that's just me. Um, so, but I wonder if it, if he would have been in that condition for 38 years, had he really believed in the healing, believed he could be healed. I, I don't know, we don't know that, um, but I wonder if it had to be 38 years. I wonder. Now let's look at another story, okay? I wanna look at Luke 19, one through 10. Um, in a very different story, we talked about this one last week, so we talked about the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, we know his background, uh, Zacchaeus was hated. Zacchaeus was a tax collector working for the Romans, living in Jerusalem. He wasn't very popular, okay? He knew everybody in his little community how much money they made, he knew where they were making their money from, he knew who had money, and he knew what they owed to Rome. So they hated him. And honestly, it would be like having a stormtrooper sitting, having coffee with Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo. Like, it would be an incredibly awkward situation. You know, that's like Zacchaeus living there among everybody. They hate him. So it's so interesting that Jesus picked him. Um, but so that's a little bit of the background there. Um, we know that in the story, if you want to read it later, you can go to Luke 19, 1 through 10. Um, Zacchaeus is trying to see, it says, trying to see who Jesus was, and he was unable to because of the crowd. Uh, he wanted to see for himself. We know that from the story. He, he had heard about him. You know, just in Luke alone, right before this story, we hear about Bartimaeus receiving his sight. You know, there are 5,000 are fed earlier on, you know, in the book. Countless miracles, healings, demonic forces being removed, Jesus just casting out demons, tons of stories. So you know that they knew this, and he's like, I want to know who this person is. I want to see for myself. I, I even think maybe he was farther along than we think there, but he wanted to see Jesus for himself. He was so desperate to encounter him, he climbed a tree. 
So this was more than just a cute children's story that we learned about and we colored the tree and everything when, when we were in children's school. I think there's something more to this. Um, last week we talked about what is your tree? What is your thing you're going to get some leverage in this year to encounter Jesus in a deeper way? We talked about some things earlier. Maybe it's giving up something, fasting, pressing in deeper. You know, we're not like uh, orphan people trying to get close to God. We know he's here, but we want to grow and we want to go farther. We want to get stretched in new ways this year so that we don't become rigid and calcified. So um, Zacchaeus says, I want to see him, I want to know him, but he had a problem, he was short. So instead of playing the victim, his drive to know Jesus propelled his encounter. He's like, I want to know, I'm getting there early, I'm climbing up that tree, I want to put myself right in the middle of where I know he's going. I'm just going to throw myself right in the middle. And I feel like sometimes it's like that, you know, all of us when the prophet comes to town, it's like, I'm getting there early, I want to get a word, I'm going to wear my bright red shirt, he's not going to miss me, I'm going to sit right up in the front row and just like raise my hand at times so he sees me, I want my word, I want a word. Like you've, we've all been to meetings sometimes where you know, like, today's the day, like, today's the day, I'm going to get a word, I just know it, you know, and you're just operating in this flow, and, and then it happens, you know. I always felt like I remember times where I would go into something depressed or I didn't feel like, you know, why was I even there? And I wouldn't get a word, you know? I was like, I mean, so I don't know, something about expect expectation that aligns you with heaven's purposes. Um, but I love this part, you know, a belief system that expects good things sees the sycamore tree, you know? A belief system that, sees good th that expects good things sees the sycamore tree. They see opportunities. Uh, he wasn't just a victim to, oh, I, I can't, I'm short, I can't do this, I can't do that. I'm going to get lost in the crowd, why bother going? No, I'm going to go, I'm going to get there early, I'm going to use a tree, I'm going to get as close as I can to see him and encounter him. There's no victim thinking here in Zacchaeus' mind. Um, and it aligned him for his encounter with Jesus. Uh, which is, a, I think, just a powerful thing that I have not always seen. So like I said, I wonder if Zacchaeus knew he was going to end up encountering Jesus. I wonder if he just woke up that morning and was like, this is the day. This is going to happen. And Jesus called him down. I think he was like, yep, I knew it. Coming down a tree. Let's go. Jesus, you can come to my house. I have everything ready. I got a meal prepared. You know, we don't know exactly. But he was in the divine flow People that operate in this divine flow of belief and expectancy, they, they see doors open because they are expecting to. Uh, there is something to that, you know. It's, it's just not just a, just a nice, cute saying. But, you know, people that have doors open their life expect that they're going to. Uh, doesn't mean they all open all the time, everything's perfect, but there is something about our beliefs and what we're believing, and if we have expectancy, it aligns us for their purposes. When you believe something, you start looking for things to confirm your view. Think about that. If you believe that you aren't going to encounter, that you're not going to go deeper, that nobody wants to reach out to you, it's amazing how you'll start seeing all these things align in that direction. Things that you would never have drawn associations with before, now all of a sudden, because you have that belief system, that starts happening. Things that people didn't even intend to do to you. Um, you know, you take it and now you're pushing it through that filter. So when you, when you believe something, you start looking for things to conform, confirm your view. Jesus is so cool. He's like, I'm picking the guy that everybody hates and I'm going to your house. 
Like, everyone's like, huh? What? what? Doesn't he know? <laughs> Does he know who he is? I think that's so funny. That's such, so how Jesus did it in the New Testament. Um, I had this thing, uh, as I was thinking about this week, I'm like, man, what if we were so radical and we were like, had a theme, taking thoughts captive in 2018. Like, we were like, we are going to watch every thought we have come into our head, and all year, we're going to go after this thing, you know? Like, we're going to watch our thoughts, guard every thought. I was talking with Will yesterday, and he was reminding me of something Bill Johnson says, he's 15 minutes away from depression all the time, or something. <laughs> That's like, I, was, what was it? Just 15 minutes away from discouragement at any moment. And I was like, I totally can relate with that. Can anyone else relate with that? It's like you just start thinking something, and before you know it, you are spiraling in something that you're like, how did I even get here to this place, like 15 minutes earlier? So I think it's really funny. You know, he feels like he's 15 minutes away from discouragement at any point. But it's something about the power of thinking. I have felt that coming into this year. Um, I would have, you know, just, just being really vulnerable here. I, a couple weeks ago, I was dealing with thoughts. You are a failure. You, you know, this and that. And I'm like, wow. And immediately I start going down that track. And the Lord showed me in, like, in the power of just what I was believing. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm not. I'm actually a success in life. Amen. This is, I, I am a success in life. I love life. Amen. So I have to like redirect and put, get out of that. Watch those thoughts. I think all of us relate with it. I think every human being on the planet can relate with this. I mean, come on, right? It's like, geez. So what if we were so radical that we were all watching our own mind and our own thoughts and not going to spiral this year, you know, at any point? And we kept each other accountable for it. What I love about Bob's heart with the fire starters is it's not just a course, right? We've, many of us have had a lot of teaching if you haven't, you're going to learn a lot of good stuff. It'll be great. But it's linking arms with people. Right. And it's like, you're going to get to know people, and they're, they're going to be calling you midweek, checking in on you. How are you doing, right? You're going to be stirring each other on to love and good works. Uh, we need each other in this, you know? And, and as friends with each other, when you start to see someone spiraling, it's not just a friend. That, it's not just agreeing with them. Help get them out of that. Dislodge each other. Like, let's, let's turn each other around because we're all susceptible to this sometimes. Slap someone in the face in a nice way, gently, in love, in Christian love. Um, friends don't just listen and agree, but we can challenge each other because we have love for one another, you know? So open yourself up to challenge this year. Um, one of the things I start to ask people now when I sit with them is, do you want me to agree with you and comfort you and how you're feeling, or do you want to grow? Because if you do, you have to open yourself up for feedback. And I, what I have found is a lot of people want to grow to a certain point, and then, and then they just don't. They want to be agreed with, and they want to, their feelings confirmed. Now, sometimes that's really important. Now, my wife and I, you know, we talk deeply about things, and we can agree with each other, and I can feel pain, and she can feel pain for me, right? I'm not talking about being insensitive. Uh, but I am talking about challenging each other, like in a good way. Iron sharpens iron. We can go up to someone and say, you know what, I feel like you've been in a rut. Well, here's all the reasons why. Okay, great, I've heard those. How do we get you unstuck? How do we get you turned around? You know, Chris Dupre, uh, he wrote a great book called Unstuck, which I was like, at first I thought, huh, like out of all the books he could have written, I was like, that doesn't sound that exciting to me. 
you know. <laughs> now, I ended up buying it, and it's good, but I felt like that is a theme that we need to help each other get in life, is get unstuck. You know, it's like, I feel like for Ralph at times, he's been like a fulcrum for me. What's that called? Isn't that called a fulcrum? A lever or whatever? A lever to like put it under me and pry me out. You know, we should be that for each other. You know, a lever to, okay, you're stuck. I'm going to help, you know, because I love you and I see the potential. I'm going to pry you out of that rut, you know. Um, So anyways, that's that. Otherwise, I, I don't want to be the 38-year-old person who was sick and who had come up with all the reasons why they could not be healed. Now, I do say that with compassion for sick people. I'm not saying I don't have compassion for sickness and it wasn't his fault. Um, but I'm saying I don't want to be stuck for 40 years in my life. I, I want to grow. I want to get healing. I want to become a mature saint. We want to be a mature tree planted by the streams of water. Right, Grace? It's like it's yeah. good stuff. So... Um, I, I can share, you know, just to in, in my own story, in my own journey, without getting into a lot of detail on it, but um, I remember graduating from my undergraduate degree in 2021. <clears throat> we got married. We were married early on in life. And I remember my goal at that point was to, I'd gone through school, I'd gone through business school, I knew some things. My goal at that point was, you know, I'm going to get a good job. I think I'm going to end up in business and I'm going to save a lot so I can retire. I want to be able to retire someday. That was the extent of my vision, you know, almost 20 years ago, without giving away ages. Um, but that was the extent of my vision. Uh, over the years, God has been growing me. I've been developing. I, I've been hungry. I have read so many books about things. I have studied. I have taken every experience that has come my way, like, they, do you want to do this? Yes, I'll do it and I'll figure it out, you know, in jobs, right? They say, you know, take the responsibility and learn how to figure it out if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> you know, so you'll figure it out along the way or Google it once, just take it, take the opportunity, you know, so, um, so that's what I feel like I've tried to do. Um, it, things started to change and started to shift. My mindset started to change over time that, you know, I, I, want, I want more than that life right. of just working and then retiring, who knows if I'll be in good health? I mean, I hope I will, Lord willing. It, you know, it's a tragedy if you save your whole life and then not be in, you know, around to enjoy it. So live life, live it full. Um, but so my, my, I think maybe 15 years ago, I started to feel like, you know what, I really love leadership. I want to grow in life. And I don't even know what. I felt like from an early age I was called to lead. It kind of became dormant in me for a while. But... Remember, Joy, like we would talk, like, I know I'm going to lead something. I have no idea what it is. I mean, like, this was 15 years ago we were talking about this. So I jumped into any leadership book I could find. I read multi-books a week for a period of years, just like, I'm in a position, I want to prepare for it. Don't even know what it is. Don't even know. My dreams are not defined. Um, but all that to say, and then I think, um, you know, graduate school, I finished that in 2007 with an MBA you come out of there like, I'm ready to lead everything. Like, I don't even know what, just send it my way. I've been in school for 18 months of 55 credit hour you know, per year, you know, it was just insane, working full time. Uh, I was ready to take on anything. And even at that point, I was like, I remember meeting with a mentor. I'm like, I feel like I'm capable of so much more, but I don't know exactly what. And I had a job, I felt maybe, you know, like I felt more capable of what I was doing at that time. But yeah, I tell you, the Lord, like if we are faithful 
and just go after the things that God has put in our heart and align ourselves, don't let disappointment creep in, things start to open up for you. You start believing that you're actually capable of it, believing it's God's plan for your life. Um, and, you know, and then at some point, you know, like I'm 39 years old, and now we're leading a church. I never would have imagined it 10 years ago, let alone anything else. Um, and even this week, Joy and I were talking about it, and uh, you know, just some of the meetings that we're having and some of the influence in the community I mean, this church is influencing the community and Rochester. You just have to know that. If you're part of this, you're grafted into it. Um, so all of us, I hope that we're all getting a vision for reaching out to our community and leading and making good decisions and influencing policy for children and all this stuff. So some of the meetings I was in this week, I actually told Joy, I said, I am shocked at some of the influence that the Lord is allowing me to have. And I didn't force my way into it. I wasn't even looking for some of it, to be honest. Um, you know, some of the boards I'm on and some of the things that we're doing in the city of Rochester is really interesting. Uh, and that's the Lord. That's just God. I just use that as an example to say, find out what your dream is. Start positioning yourself for it. Surround yourself with good people. Allow your, your, your thinking to change that you're actually going to do it. You're actually called to it even when you don't see it. It might take years to manifest, uh, but we're, we're walking in that. And that's for the whole church. Like, we are all called to do that. Um, if you're here, you've been grafted into a church that is not, how do I say this? Um, we're, we're not just going to be here to stroke one another, to make each other feel good. Uh, although I like feeling good, and I love friends, I love relationships, but we're called to do exploits. Yes. And like what Bob was saying, we're called to be fire starters in our world. Right. The world needs to know Jesus. Amen. Uh, just in our own city, the city of Rochester has a 50% graduation rate. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. I mean, some of the challenges that are in our own city, in the poverty that is downtown Rochester. Right. The church should be mobilized and becoming engaged to be an answer to those problems. You know, and it's not going to happen if we're not involved and if we don't get engaged and if we don't have a heart for it. So um, that's part of the call on this place is to be here every week that we're here. It's not just for you. It's for other people. Right. I, I am so glad that Wayne is back because Wayne had been sick and Wayne and Lisa had been busy with work. I need them here because I'm encouraged by him and by them as a couple, right? Everyone love them? Yeah. Yes. Come on. It, it's every one of you could look around and say that about someone else. I love when this person's there. I'm encouraged. So we're not just here for our own need, to get our own needs met. When you're here, other people are blessed by you. They need your encouragement. You know, they need your friendship. They need your support in life. So we sh even every Sunday when we're coming here, it, it's n get yourself here, come with expectation. You're going to see yeah. God move. You know, I, I love what Ben even said this morning. Get up front and worship. You know, get move. If, if that word moving closer for you means move up and get closer into what God is doing, do it. I had this image this morning during worship of literally, I have, after so many years, I can lock in during worship and I don't care what's going on around me. I'm just having a good time with God. I feel him deeply. Uh, I love it. And I had this picture where I was actually worshiping him and just had my arms up. I wasn't doing anything like crazy, but I felt like the world could have been shaking around me and I wouldn't have felt it. I actually felt that solid and connected with God. 
that it was like, I don't care who around me is saying what, or if there's someone here that hates me, I don't think there is, but I, I mean, none of those thoughts are coming in. I feel so connected in with God during worship. And I felt like the Lord say, great, that's how it should be every minute of every day. You know, we are in that place of presence and purpose, and when we are that solid, we know God is behind us and he's with us, that's every minute of every day, right? We don't have to get taken down with thoughts and worry and anxiety. It's like we serve a good God, he loves us. Uh, don't let that negative talk creep into your life. Amen. So all that to say, it was a few different tangents, so thanks for listening. Um, but we're called to accomplish big things and we're called to love deeply. This, this is not a place where we can just come in and you, know, you can come for years of problems and not share it with someone. It's like, I think, you know, when you get into light, darkness comes out. It's like sometimes God wants you to share something with someone to get healing, to get help from. Uh, if, you're, if you've been here for years and years and you haven't opened yourself up to people, I'm sorry for that. That's a, that's a shame. That's a, tra- a tragedy. Um, we, this is going to be a place where things come out in the light. We can be honest. We can be open. Everybody loves to say we're real and authentic, but you know, sometimes you actually know when someone's real and authentic when they don't have to say it. Um, but I love it. I sometimes I go to the websites. We are authentic. Well, it's like, okay, well, the website says you're authentic. Is it authentic? You know, I mean, it's hard to advertise being authentic, but um, anyways, that's a whole other thing. But uh, this is, we're called to love deeply, Okay. So I want to just call up the worship team here and um, just throw some things out here. I, I want us to ask the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to turn it over. I've asked Karen to kind of come up and, and lead us in this. So Karen, if you want to come up, make sure she has a mic, guys. Um, some of the things that I was hearing as I was preparing this week, God wants us to get victory over some of these areas, yeah, over some of these thoughts. The one was, I, I hear this, and I hear this because sometimes I hear these thoughts in my own head. No one wants to get to know me. Anyone ever have that thought when you're here? Like, no, oh, nobody really wants to get to know me. You know, it's like, you know, that's a lie. That is a lie. And it tends to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, when we actually believe no one wants to get to know us, maybe we're right if that's how we're thinking. Nobody would want to get to know that attitude, you know? Uh, what if you change that around? It's like, no, actually, I like myself. I've, I've got something to offer. Right. People should get to know me. I'm going to get there early. I want to connect with people. I want to talk with people. I want to get there early. I still love what Chris Dupre had shared years ago here, that he went to church like 30 minutes early every Sunday because he wanted to walk around and look who he could encourage. That's leadership. Leadership isn't just getting a position. It's making a choice to be a leader and to go around, get there early and encourage people and speak over people. Like, I love that. Um, so anyway, so that's one thought I was hearing. Here's another one, and this is, sounds so odd, but I hear this all the time in the business community. Upcoming events that paralyze people. It, it sounds funny, but I hear it all the time. I'll be meeting with a business owner and they're like, oh, I'm, how are you doing? I'm so stressed. I've got this event coming up in two weeks. In three weeks, I've got to do this. Okay, well, great, that's in two weeks. What about today? Are you enjoying today? How is today? What do you have planned for this weekend? I feel like we are so busy in a fast-paced culture that we're thinking so far out, we've got so much stuff booked on the calendar that we're living in a place of constantly being overwhelmed by things that aren't even happening to us right now. So it's a mind trap that we can get into. So. 
we just watched uh, with my kids A Dog's Purpose, and at the end of it, it said, um, I thought it was funny. I mean, I'm not like a huge dog lover, but you're, you're going to cry if you watch it. Um, but the dog's purpose was to help people enjoy the moment. I was like, we can learn something from dogs, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, the dog does not think about next week or next year. It doesn't have really big goals in their lives, right? I mean, but probably not really ambitious goals. But they love every moment, and they, when you're there and the dog's there, they are like, I am locked in, man. The dog <laughs> is loving every minute of that attention. I'm like, what if we embraced a little bit of that in life and stopped worrying about everything that's on our calendar? Um, Chris Vallotton, who's one of the busiest people I think I would know, says that I really face each day as it comes. He's like, once you've gotten to live from a place of organization and stuff like, no, I'll, I'll worry about tomorrow when I get there. And I got a whole day of meetings. I'm going to worry about that when I get there. And I'm going to be ready and prepared. But I'm going to enjoy today. It's like, that is a good word. So don't let that tape in your mind paralyze you of what you have on your plate that robs you from today, you know. Do you believe God wants you to be happy? You know, if you don't believe that, you're not going to be. You know, if you believe God's upset or you're not doing enough or, oh, I got to work harder in order to gain, you know, just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I could go on more. Uh, another one I'll just end on here is if I open myself up to others, I'm going to get hurt. And I think that's a very powerful one, a lie that sometimes we believe and we hear that causes us not to open up with people or disappointment. If I open myself, I'm going to get disappointed or I'm going to get hurt. Well, that will keep you in that place. So that is sad. So don't allow that type of thinking. Don't allow that tape. Take that cassette tape out, yeah. DVD, USB drive, whatever we call it today. Yeah. Take that USB drive out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> So I asked Karen to come up. Uh, one of the things that we talk about at New Hope is we want an environment where it's free from limiting traditions, where the Holy Spirit is able to move and that we can respond to the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm with you in this this morning. I am living this out. It is not something I have all figured out. I am in it, man. It's, uh, it's good. So when she leads us in prayer through this, I'm going to be receiving just as well. But so... You got some stuff, Karen? Yeah. yeah. Um, can you guys hear me? Okay. So I, I, used to, I love this message. I, used to, I have a plaque on my bathroom wall that says, I used to believe that sadness lasted forever. And it's got a picture of the cartoon of this person, like, smiling with tears, you know, coming out their eyes laughing. And I just love it because it kind of so, when I saw it, it just, like, spoke to me. It was this, like, shockwave that I thought, wow, how much is that true for anyone who's struggled with depression, that it feels like it's going to last forever? And it was just the truth that I, I had to buy it, just a piece of little artwork, and put it on my wall and just have that as a statement. Like, to, and I wanted whoever saw it to just be impacted in that same way. But it's just an example. And so I want us, I want to pray for you guys today to, to rewire that tape that Steve's been talking about in our minds. And so if you could all stand up with me, we're all going to participate. We're not just going to receive and observe. We're all going to participate in this. We're going to activate our, our bodies as well. Um, and just kind of uh, put your hand on your mind, right, on your, your forehead, and just ask Holy Spirit, what is the tape that's been on rewind for me? Been on repeat, sorry. What is that tape that's been on repeat for me that's holding me back?
What is the limiting belief I'm believing that's keeping me stuck? Because listen, if you're 15 minutes away from discouragement at any point, you're 15 minutes away from joy and freedom at any point as well. So today we're going to step into that. So take whatever that belief is. Does everybody have something that, you've, that you know it's been on rewind in your mind and it shouldn't be that hard to access because you probably think of it like all day long, <laughs> especially if you're discouraged. So just put yourself in that state. How easy is that, right? Think that thoughts. Now what happens when you think those thoughts? You start to dip forward, your mind, you start to lower your head. What's your posture look like? What's your breathing feel like? Put yourself in that place with those limiting beliefs and saying those things to yourself whatever those negative thoughts are. Now stand up straight, put your shoulders back, look out forward. Put your hand over your mind. I choose to erase this limiting belief. Say that, pray that with me. I break off the lie. And then just say it out loud under your breath. I break off the lie that I am powerless that there's no hope, that I'm a failure, that I'm no good, that nobody likes me, that I'll always be like this. Whatever it is, I break this lie off in my life. I take authority over it. I declare I am free. I have access to truth. And ask Holy Spirit, um, I break off any, uh, I, I choose to forgive anyone that brought, that contributed to me believing this lie. I choose to forgive anyone that contributed to me believing this lie. But I take responsibility for making the choice to make it my own. And I choose today to disassociate from this lie. It's no longer mine. I no longer have to own it. I have the power to erase it. And only I. And I declare I am not a victim of this lie. I am not a victim of my past. I am not a victim of my circumstances. I'm not a victim of my family or my upbringing. I am bigger than my past. And I allow you right now, Holy Spirit, to rewire my mind, rewire my neurology, rewire the tape that replays in my head. And I choose to burn this tape now in Jesus' name. Throw it in the fire. And watch it burn up. How fast does it burn? You know what those tapes look like. They're like thinner than paper. You know what those old tapes look like? If you're, you know, over 30, you probably know. They burn up and they get tangled and they burn up in a second. How fast does your tape burn? It's gone. Let's do it. Let's let that whole tape get burned from all the way beginning to end. The whole mantra that you tell yourself over and over again all day long. Let it burn up and turn into ashes. It's not yours say it's not mine anymore it's not mine anymore Jesus I need a new tape 
I have an empty cassette. <laughs> We're going old school today. <laughs> I need a new tape. Hold out your hand way up to heaven. Hold it out. Reach it up high. Jesus, what does your new tape look like? What does my new tape look like? What does it say? Give me a new tape right now. Holy Spirit, download it in Jesus' name. Everyone right now is receiving a new tape deck. Now take your tape, whatever it looks like. Maybe it's huge and you can barely hold it because it's so big. Maybe it's sparkly and gold, I don't know. What does it look like for you? Take it and put it right in your head. Just take it right now, slip it right in there in your mind. Now listen, what is it saying to you? What does your new tape deck say? Listen. Come on, hold your head up high. You can't do this in a slouch position. Engage. You have a new tape now. You have to let your body and your actions and your words reflect what that tape is saying. Don't slip back into discouragement. Stay with me. Stand up tall. Listen, what's it saying to you? What are the new words? What are the new mantras? What is the truth? Say it out loud. What is the truth on that tape? Say it out loud right now. I am. I am. What else? What else is it saying? Say it out loud. I am victorious. I am successful. I am loved. I have what it takes. I have everything I need. Come on, be bold. Say it out loud. Say it like you believe it. Say it like you believe it, church. Say it like you believe it. <laughs> now turn to your neighbor and tell them what your tape says. Everybody find somebody and say it like you believe it. Find somebody. Tell them what your tape says. What does it say? Tell them like you believe it. Say it loud. Don't say it like you doubt it. Don't say it like you're not convinced. Say it like you believe it. Now I want you to turn to your partner and say, say it like you believe it. And make them really say it like they believe it. And if you don't believe them, you tell them again. Say it like you believe it. Do you believe them? Now the other partner, share. Do the same thing. Say it again. What does your new tape say? Now put your hands up and shout it! Come on, church! Let's go! Yeah! Come on! Put your hands up and praise the Lord! Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Feel free to contact us for further resources at newhope.com.